0: Accessed entry eight two zero seven. Certificate number five zero two two seven The Prince Philip Movement.
1: I would like to discharge a debt of gratitude to the citizens of Edinburgh for your hospitality to myself and to thousands of other servicemen who managed to get here for a few hours' relaxation during the war. I know we were a dreadful nuisance and frequently misbehaved. Usually when we say the word movement on this show, we're... we're, Talking about potties. we're plugging one of those toilets that we love. Yeah. 10% off. I hope that's not what this is about because picturing... It's about about (laughs) Prince Philip's last bowel movement.
0: (laughs) Prince Philip. Picturing him at any time in his career going to the potty. He probably never did. Actually, he's pretty elegant. Maybe his potty habits are
1: are fun to watch. And there's certainly a history in the British royal family of having someone to keep an eye on the royal movements and report. Oh right, they use toothpicks or, or uh, not toothpicks, uh, chopsticks, Canopies? and say like,
0: "Oh yes, you've been eating. You, you've ha- you have enough vitamin D."
1: The Hanoverian doctors were uh, were wanted to check out the color and consistency of the royal poos.
0: Isn't it pronounced Hanoverian? <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be Queen George the Third. Did they figure out from the poos whether he was uh, whether he was suffering from a malady and whether or not that affected the course of the American Revolutionary War, therefore or thereby bringing America
1: into existence? Probably. Well, he was crazy. You yes. Know? Well, we don't use we don't that see word we anymore. don't use the word anymore. He had uh, his poop was crazy. He had some uh, probably bodily diagnosed mental illnesses. Right. That's what we say.
0: That's what it says.
1: He needed a therapist. Yeah, or uh, or, or less mercury in his water. That's or something. I think
0: I think closer. <laughs> yeah, he needed a psychopharmacologist.
1: No, this is uh, this show is about movement in the religious sense, like the movementarians. Oh, like the, the
0: oh, I thought you were going to talk about the tectonic plates, the Prince Prince Philip
1: tectonic plates. Like there, there probably is some massive in Greenland or in Greenland or in Antarctica name for Prince Philip. It could also and be... and it can move slowly. It could also be a social justice movement, not from Prince Philip. <laughs>
0: He is famous
1: for saying... He's a little
0: racist, isn't he?
1: Well, the, thing that, the things Was. that often make the headlines... Well, he passed away this year. We're recording this in the summer of uh, the year of Prince Philip's death. A longtime consort of Queen Elizabeth.
0: Longtime fan of the show.
1: <laughs> fan of the pod. He's here with us today. Please welcome Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, back from the dead. Uh, he often makes headlines for saying things that are uh, antiquated, right. old-fashioned... Uh, racist or racist adjacent. But if you read... Not, nothing to do with him being 100 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and looking 200 years old. But if you read a, a lot of his his quotes, you really just find it's not ev- necessarily evidence of somebody whose core beliefs are, say, right. white supremacy. It's just the actions of someone who has always been able to say whatever he wanted and cannot be told not to right. because he's the Duke of Edinburgh. Kind of like Joe Biden. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh... Here's a Prince Philip, uh, his comment uh, about a Madonna concert he was going to have to go to. Are we going to need earplugs? Not a fan of Madonna. Right. I get that. Uh, he, he didn't go to a ton of Madonna concerts. This is when she sang the theme to Die Another Day, I think. You oh. know the you know the weird way that the royal family is bound up in British popular culture. Yeah, they have to see the Beatles. They, they have every to time. pretend to love the the Rolling Stones and and Bond movies and uh, Guy Ritchie. But this
0: wasn't from Madonna's uh, late '90s resurgence and her uh, hit album Music. I'm guessing it's
1: probably post Music. Die Another Day is, I believe, 2002.
0: Oh, Music so, was a great record. Let's just go on. Record but
1: you can site. see why the techno the techno influences on Music maybe do not accord with Prince Philip's. Gre- yeah, sure. Nordic ideas of of good uh, good music,
0: right? Did Sasha Baron Cohen come out as Ali G?
1: If you read his obituaries, you know, he was just the It's funny they, they call him the the prince consort, I guess. Yeah. And because consorts in western culture and these patriarchal societies are usually female, consort has come to have this um kind of a sexual connotation. Right. You know, like you're it's like, almost like a concubine. He's consorting with loose women. Oh, does it not? Uh, Well, I never knew another. Well, in this case, it's just it's just the name for the non the the spouse of the ruler of the monarch who does not necessarily have a co-monarchical status, right? So he was officially the consort. So I guess you could consort with him if you're into that. Anyone who's watched the Queen, the uh,
0: the fabulous miniseries,
1: you always call it the Queen.
0: What is it called? The Crown. The Crown. Anyone who has watched the Queen knows that it is a, a great television and b um uh now you realize everything about prince philip and and you're it's glad that he's life. not your father
1: do you think you would he's he's uh yeah rough rough dad do you think you would have an easy life the the point that the show makes about prince philip over and over is that it's rough to just be a total responsibilityless uh appendage to a powerful woman, especially for a man of that generation.
0: I think to be rich, the only value in being rich is to be able to go do whatever you want. And he can't. And what's weird about American capitalists is that they all seem to feel, or at least the ones that are in the newspaper all the time, they all seem to feel obligated to, I don't know, continue to go to work every day, to sit in an office and actually make decisions about their dumb products. Like, if you're a billionaire, what are you doing? Like, buy a dirigible. Fly around the world throwing Reese's <laughs> peanut butter cups down at, you know, do something, have a good time. If you're a movie star, why are you on Twitter? It would be so much more entertaining if, uh, you know, if, if, if everybody did pulled the Bill Murray and just showed up at other people's weddings. Like, like uh, I think it would be more inspiring to young, uh, like nascent capitalists, young people who are going into business. If American business
1: people went bonkers, instead of being such drudges— Do you think Prince Philip should just be coming up to people at, at, at bars and sports events and trying to hang out with them? Well, he can't because— He's a rich person who can do literally nothing he, he can, wants
0: to He do. can do nothing. And in, in, the early, uh, in the early episodes of The Queen slash The Crown— uh, in, he, in other markets, called the Crown, he does in other he do, markets besides your house. He does keep going to like his men's club where they sit and and uh, and drink
1: and say say
0: and do what they want and but,
1: ambiguously have affairs because the show does not want to be sued, right? And um, and then the,
0: you know the, the kibosh gets put on that too.
1: He uh, in, in modern era and you know late twentieth century royal family, the theme was always cost cutting. So he's an even worse kind of rich person who kind of is forced to be a bit ascetic in the public eye and and as a result is always caught on Mike complaining about how he might have to give up half of his polo ponies.
0: Right, and all those castles are cold and creaky and the carpets are all full of dander. It just doesn't seem, I bet you he sleeps in a, tw- or slept in a twin bed and I bet you the mattress belonged to his father-in-law. Like, when was the last time they changed the
1: mattresses in Buckingham Palace? I bet it was the 70s. This guy is always caught uh, – during his lifetime, he was always caught on hot mics just saying whatever because his, I guess his one outlet is just nobody can correct any dumb ass thing he says in any state visit or, or whatever. Right. Get get it out. He, uh, A lot of his obituaries mentioned his one great legacy, which is you know, the, maybe the only thing he ever did in his own initiative or that had his name on it was the Duke of Edinburgh Awards, which I had never heard of, but it's a series of uh, – like comedy bloopers, yeah, sports bloopers. <laughs> it's like the Razzies, he the just, worst actor. He just loved sports bloopers, and he put out a series of VHS tapes. <laughs> Him and David Beckham. Uh, no, uh, there. It it's essentially the president's physical fitness test. But I guess oh. for young, it started out for young British boys in the fifties and was later broadened. I assume over his objections to, to young girls as well. <laughs> right, where it's just got a series of you know uh, ranks and advancements you get for certain kind of achievements in. Community service and learning a skill and helping your helping your uh, a pair, uh, helping an old person make dinner. Or, Can you uh, sit in a cold bath while your schoolmates hit you with cricket bats? All those important British skills. Yeah. Uh, and but even though the fact that this was his great gift to the to the nation, uh, his his quote about his own Duke of Edinburgh awards that he gave once at a at a steering meeting was: young people are the same as they always were, just as ignorant. <laughs> And many of them do border on racist. In the eighties, in nineteen eighty-six, visiting China, he spoke to a British student there. He said, "If you stay here much longer, you will go home with slitty eyes." Oh yeah, which you probably don't want to say. Not now, or not in nineteen eighty-six.
0: Eighty-six, boy, he could get away with a you think lot more. It was more. on the cusp. I mean, there were some there were some movies uh, about like the American car uh, industry that were. I mean that eighty six is the oh, yeah that's, anti, that's the height of anti
1: Japanese racism yeah for that's sure. the year of Long Duck Dong, right, right. Um, but rare to have a world leader saying things yeah. like that on you know at a yeah where where there's news cameras. <laughs> and he didn't stop there. In nineteen ninety four, visiting the Cayman Islands, he wondered aloud, "Aren't most of you descended from pirates?" Uh huh. In the twenty first century, meeting with an Australian Aboriginal leader, an you know, occasion when presumably he would have been briefed on sensitivity and things not to say he could not help saying, do you still throw spears at each other? Mm-hmm. Mm. How, what was the response? Uh, uh, forced smile or did he hit him? I, I assume the guy, you know, uh,
0: made, an made, made a,
1: made a mental note to, <laughs> to plan some kind of a, a sand painting that was also a curse on the, on right. the winters forever. Take him off the, the Tongan money. <laughs> right. Uh, there's gender issues as well to a female British sea cadet, uh, he was chatting with at an event once. She told him she worked at a nightclub and he he immediately said, oh, is it a strip club? Sure. I don't believe it was a strip club. Uh, a young British boy once told him he wanted to be an astronaut and Prince Philip looked at him appraisingly and said, uh, you could do with losing a little weight. Sure. sure. <laughs> so this is just, uh, you can't take him anywhere and yet if the Queen of England has to take him everywhere. Yes. And for 50 years he just,
0: Walks said delightfully two, dumb things. Yeah, walks two feet behind her and and in most cases is not invited to speak.
1: Right. Um, and maybe he gets sent in her place at certain things. I but, bet that's right. But the but the impression, I think, that the crown gives us all, or the queen, sorry, the impression that the television series the queen gives of him mm-hmm. is, is kind of shared by the press, which is that he always chafed at this role of being a second banana, uh, especially to... A woman, you know. Let's see. He was uh, 99 when he died this year, so he would have been born in the 20s. Um, an old-fashioned man who had to come to terms with the fact that he was never going to do or be or amount to anything.
0: Well, I don't. Know, and an old-fashioned European aristocrat who, yeah, right. I mean, he would have been. He would have been challenged, even if he'd been born in the 1970s, just based on his access to motorboats. And baccarat tables.
1: He was born Prince Philip of Greece and Denmark, so yeah. you presume he has some of the the southern European attitude towards well, but women that was, as
0: well. That was when all the all the royal royal houses were all basically Germans, right? I mean, he's the he's he's only a prince of Greece because
1: his mother was some fallen Habsburg. But we've had several requests on the show to cover uh, an unusual element of Prince Philip's biography, of which he actually became aware and which he probably enjoyed. Now, wait, before we get there, you know, uh, when we come over to dinner,
0: it's clear that the attraction is Mindy and that you are just sort of there as her consort. Oh, that's true. How would you feel, how much would you chafe if, um, if you were... Mindy Jennings's consort if you were what's Mindy's uh, maiden name? Uh, Bohm if you were if you were uh, Mr. Bohm Jennings Mr. Mindy Bohm Mr. Mindy Bohm uh, how long before you chafed? I think I would chafe. I don't know does it come with all the not because not even because uh, she's a woman but just to be the I mean I all I already chafe at being your second banana when you and I go to baseball games and you throw out the first pitch and I don't. <laughs> you just have to sit in your in your free <sighs> seats that you got from calling a, a higher up. Yeah, but not because of you I called a rock and roll higher up. <laughs> yeah, but I sit and kind of go wow well, for for um, for, um, for um.
1: I assume it must be difficult and I don't and I I just assume that from my experience speaking to people who have been in that position. Mindy has a friend of ours who really think who has a, actually has a couple of friends who have wanted to confide in her about you know what it's like to have to um you know what happens to your identity when suddenly you have a a spouse with some level of unexpected level of of status or fame or prestige. Yeah, and Mindy's quite uh, uh, untouched by the whole thing, and she always just kind of blinks and says sympathetic things, right? Because she has never thought, boy, what an ordeal it is to have a to have an accomplished spouse. But many people do. We had a we had a friend. Uh, we have a friend who. Um, was recently profiled in a magazine piece and uh had a spouse that was qu- quite upset that uh that there the spouse's accomplishments were not recognized
0: yeah, I feel like that happens a lot. I have a few friends who are famous and their spouse spouse resents that they're that their vanity project isn't held in as great esteem,
1: and you do see a lot of these vanity projects. Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld's wife's cookbooks, I'm sure, are fantastic. <laughs> yes, but, right. But you know, and, and it's good that she's finally graduated from high school. I oof. I did.
0: I do remember one time at your house when you you asked somebody to pass you the ketchup bottle or whatever, and it took a little bit of time, or somebody you know made it took 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 time to get it to you, and you said, you know, I paid for that ketchup, <laughs> and I didn't felt very much like you were asserting. sad. dad.
1: Yeah, you were like, you know what. You, no one would have any ketchup if it weren't for me. You need to be thinking about me on a game show every time you add ketchup to your hot dog. Let's be frank. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Would that be a... I feel like if it came with all the money and uh, comfort, I don't if But if know you couldn't if go boating
0: mind. and you had to sleep on your dad's mattress, there's no comfort.
1: There's no freedom or comfort. That's very specific to Prince Philip. Yeah. If I was if I was, in a... If I, you know, if I had married into money and I was just a trophy husband in America,
0: yeah, I don't know
1: that I would mind. Yeah. I'd be an odd choice, though. I suppose you're right. I, I, I mean, I... Like, why, why, why me again?
0: <laughs> I still feel like if Jennifer Lawrence wants to marry, like, an older guy and have him just around to say funny things,
1: I'm available. It's happening in Seattle. You know, now that um, Melinda Gates and Mackenzie Bezos are newly single in Seattle, you know, she immediately... she, she, she Do you have pre- their numbers? She she fairly quickly got uh, re-engaged to a, just a teacher at the kids, oh, right. nice Seattle private school. Right, you know, this is some of my friend's kids' chemistry teacher. Yeah, and suddenly he's going to be Mr. McKenzie Bezos. Oh, Captain, my Captain! And he immediately quit. You know, he's not he's not teaching there anymore. Yeah, but I bet you he signed a prenup. Oh, sure. Yeah, but I assume all the all the faculty were really, yeah. Uh, in, Hey, <laughs> I wonder what the discussions in the break room were like. Everybody updating their the picture on their picture on the website.
0: Right, on their and, Tinder.
1: And now that Melinda's single again. You know, there's probably a lot of that going on. Oh, I guess maybe their kids are not in high school anymore. I can't remember how old their youngest is.
0: Oh, older, I think. Yeah. So, but maybe, she's got to be hitting the bars. Maybe she likes indie rock. Yeah, I don't know. What are uh I got
1: a lot wh- going What are your qualifications? On. I got a lot going on.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I think I think if a trophy husband, I mean, I cut a dashing figure. But uh, would you
1: have a royal title like Prince Philip? Would you be like the Duke of Ballard or
0: uh, something? Yeah, the Duke of Ballard. Please not the Duke of Ballard. <laughs> Please not Ballard or West Seattle. The Duke of Burian. Yeah, I'll be the
1: Duke of Burian. But uh, getting to what made Prince Philip a movement, we need to kind of move the lens from. Uh, Buckingham Palace or, or Balmoral or whatever, all the way across, almost to the exact antipodal point on the Earth's surface. We head now to sunny Vanuatu in the South Pacific. It's in Melanesia, somewhat east of uh, New Guinea, near Fiji.
0: It did not occur to me that this was an antipode, but now that you say it, wow, the, the, the actual antipode has to be
1: fairly close it's a little south of there spain and new zealand are almost precisely antipodal i don't know if it's antipodal or antipodal the
0: uh the the sun never sets on the british empire at least it didn't
1: the sun has continued to not set on the british empire i believe uh they're going to have to lose a few more possessions i think
0: I don't oh, know. I'll just right. <laughs> I'll just
1: assert that and let someone correct.
0: Me. There's just something over there, some some atoll by the International Dateline. Yeah, they've
1: got some dot in the South Atlantic. All it takes is you know the sun's shining over you know half the Earth at once. So right, just takes a dot in the South Atlantic and a dot in the South Pacific, and you're pretty good. The uh, Vanuatu was formerly known as the New Hebrides for most of the 20th century when it was the uh, you know both France and Britain had claimed colonial ownership of it, probably much to the surprise of the people who had actually lived there for centuries. But as a result, they didn't fight over it. They ran it jointly through an Anglo-French condominium, which is what it's called when uh, two nations share sovereignty of a territory and presumably also maybe a pool and some tennis courts. Yes, yes, It's a condominium. And uh, Melanesia is the site of the 20th century religious movement that we still call... Cargo cults.
0: Oh, we finally get to cargo cults, which has been on our list of topics from the very dawn of the omnibus.
1: I always thought cargo cults was a funny name. Cargo is kind of a term of art on these islands to refer to all uh, advanced, technologically advanced to them, Western goods and paraphernalia.
0: Everything that would have arrived in a DC-3 right. in 1940. 1940- Two, as th- part
1: of defeating the Japanese. And that makes sense. To them, it was cargo. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to them, that just means good good stuff. And not just good stuff, but like stuff with magical
0: sure. properties. Sure, watches and then later microwave ovens. Uh,
1: these were remote island people with very little contact with the outside world, with the industrialized world. And suddenly, they have front row seats to the most technologically advanced war ever fought on Earth and all its amazing, uh, all the amazing infrastructure that comes with waging an island hopping war. First they saw the Japanese move in and, you know, bulldozers to build airstrips and planes and- uh, Giant ships. Giant ships, um, canned foods, right? Uh, houses made of metal. I don't know what the Japanese equivalent of a kwanza hut is. but And then following the Japanese, they saw the Americans come in with- The same stuff. All
0: that daring do. We didn't have daring do. We had gumption. That's what we had. We beat the Japanese just with gumption. We did. We had gumption in the form of better canned food and more bigger metal houses and
1: the gumption bomb
0: and the gumption bomb.
1: So this was psychologically formative for these remote people. (sighs) Wow, I bet. Can you imagine you're living in basically a, a, a stone age, stone axe kind of a culture, and suddenly you jump straight from there to aircraft carriers.
0: Right. You you would have seen airplanes periodically fly over and they would have been high up and, you know, sounded like a buzzing
1: thing. So that becomes kind of a magical totem to you. And then you have to fit them into your myths,
0: Right. And then maybe a ship off in the far distance that was, that, you know, you couldn't quite gauge, but then all of a sudden, like not just all this technology, but just foreign people, people that don't look like you, people that are, that have other language and foreign customs and... If you if you imagine a military, uh, because it wouldn't just be like missionaries. Hi,
1: try our canned peaches. It would be... And a lot of these people stayed away from all those. You know, these were the tribes right. that were not interested in any of these stuff from the age of sail. And, you know, they had heard stories about what the missionaries were trying to do to the local customs. They, they tried to steer clear. But when the Japanese army shows up, it's not optional. You don't welcome them. They don't care. That's actually the motto of the Japanese <laughs> army.
0: When we show up, it's not optional. <laughs> so yeah, profound.
1: Uh, it, for us, it would be the equivalent of it, it, contact, first contact with some advanced alien culture. Right. Uh, that's it. That had p- canned peaches that were good. <laughs> it's a point that's often made in science fiction is that there would be profound religious uh, repercussions right. to a, a society suddenly having to adjust to extraterrestrial life. And that's essentially what happened In the 30s and 40s, on a lot of these little islands of Polynesia and Melanesia, is they there were religious repercussions to suddenly being first-hand witnesses to a larger world, and they were not wrong. A lot of this stuff was really good, like the canned food. Like you know, they they probably had a hard scrabble life on some of these islands, and suddenly now. Uh, they have spam for the first time and it's salty and delicious. Sure, Band-Aids. They have Band-Aids. They have uh, better shovels than the ones they've been making out of rocks. Mm -hmm. Um, Like all these things make life better. And so far from, oh boy, this is trouble. It's like, hey, these odd looking people with their magical noisy sky things uh, have great gifts for us. Yeah. And so for many years, even after the war. And they were almost
0: certainly bribed
1: with those gifts. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I should not use gift in the sense of how benevolent the Japanese and American armies no doubt were to these native peoples. Um, for years thereafter, um, they kind of wanted it back. You know, they they would build ceremonial airstrips in hopes that... Uh, planes would land. In hopes that planes would land, bringing all the amazing stuff they used to back in the day. They oh. would... They would build things out of coconuts, like like the professor on Gilligan's Island. They would use coconuts and palm fronds to build things that looked like radios, just like they saw the American and Japanese soldiers using to to call for, for new and better stuff.
0: Oh, that's a little heartbreaking.
1: It's not coming back. Stuff's not coming back. And if it does come back, you know, technology coming to these remote tribes doesn't always happen in... Benevolent or culture preserving ways, so you kind of want to wave them off and be like, "No, you guys are good." And by not go back by the volcano,
0: but not always. You mean never?
1: I can't think of a case.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then, weren't these the sites of uh, like nuclear test programs, or was that further out
1: in the? I mean, there were yeah, there were whole islands that would have been resettled because the American government decided, Hey, good news. We've decided to blow up your atoll, but there's not a lot of, um, you know, the thing about these very remote tribes, each on their little Island is that there's not a lot of, uh, shared knowledge. Right. You know, today uh, our story is set on the Island of Tana, part of Vanuatu. And, uh, these villagers now live just a few miles from the airport, but there is a huge metaphysical, if not geographical distance from the 21st century. They, prefer to still wear the old grass skirts and live in the houses on stilts and uh, eat the old ways and hunt pigs with the stone-tipped spears and practice the old religions. Uh, they are not interested in modernity. Money rarely gets used. Cell phones rarely get used.
0: Was there Was there anything in, uh, sort of... Uh... Like characteristic of the religious practices, uh, uh, pre-contact religious practices that that kind of uh, made it easier for th-
1: this contact to inspire. It's hard to say because often the first time we know of these, the first Western contact with these remote indigenous peoples, uh, that changes the ballgame suddenly. Now, their stories are all bound up with our stories. I would think it would have been whalers or uh, there
0: would have been a 19th century contact. Uh, I mean, didn't, didn't whale
1: ships like land on every exposed rock? I wouldn't be surprised because the specific myth that leads to the Prince Philip movement does uh, include elements of pale skinned people and uh, travel to faraway places over the waves. So there, it's, it does seem like there is some cultural memory of earlier contacts. But, you know, by the time we hear about the people of Tana, this little Vanuatuese island, um, they are already just super into— uh, there's, a, there's a movement to this—one of the largest cargo cults on the island, uh, in any of these islands today, is on the island of Tana. It is not the Prince Philip movement uh, that's kind of an offshoot. This one is called the John Froom movement, F-R-U-M, hmm. John Frum being kind of a mythical American guy who shows up in their visions. How is Frum
0: an American, typical American name?
1: There is some discussion about where the name came from. Nobody knows if there is an Er john who actually did make some original contact with these people, thus leading to all this lore. Um, there's some speculation that it might just be a, a shortening of John from America oh. or John from somewhere else. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Where, who are you? I'm John from America. John Frum. Uh, there's also the fact that because there's no B in the language spoken there Froom F-R-U-M is also the local word for broom. Um, so it may be John broom with some kind of sweeping power to, to cleanse or, or bring, uh, right. Bring, uh, what r- restoration or something.
0: Spam. I like the John Froom is just John Froom. America story, that's the one I'm going to
1: go with. What if he just said where he was actually from, yeah. John From Akron, yeah, and they John immediately forgot
0: the Akron Frum part. Froome Ballard, and they're like, oh, we hate Ballard too.
1: <laughs> but to this day, there uh, that is a large religious movement on the island, is people with this memory of an uh, a powerful spirit who took the form of an American named John Froome and has made certain promises to come back. Uh, there are members of the John Frum cult in the Vanuatu, Vanuatu Parliament. This is not a. Huh. So you, you imagine these as all uh, you know, uh, you know, remote, uncontacted tribes, but the John Frum movement has survived modernity. And you can see a guy, you know, stationed there during the war.
0: It seems kind of like paradise. And as they're pulling out, he says, "I'm coming back." you know, I'll see you again. I promise I'll come back. And everyone's very excited.
1: And they're like, he's
0: coming back. The guy that
1: brought us the shovels and the ham says he's going to come back.
0: Yeah, and then never does. What a loser. They stand by the, They you know, they watch the sun sink into the ocean. Or he, no, rise up out of the ocean, I guess.
1: He never has any idea. He's back home in... Yep. in uh, Akron. Yeah, in Akron. He remembers the good times he had with, you know, the exotic birds and the lovely young girls in the jungles of the South Pacific. It's very hard to get back to Tana during the 1950s. Then the New Hebrides. Uh, and so the stories just circulate without him. But there's, an, there's a small village uh, on Tana called Yaonanen, which has a variant of the John Froom cargo cult, which is fixated not on this mythical American GI type figure, but on no less then Prince Philip the Duke of Edinburgh. Our hero arrives on the scene. It's hard to say how what the origin of this religious movement is, but there appears in this village to have been a very specific belief that there was uh, the son of an ancient mountain spirit, you know, who lived in the mountains above the village, who uh, you know, manifested himself to them as a pale-skinned man, uh, who told them that he was going to Travel His destiny was to travel abroad, Mm -hmm. to leave the island, to go to foreign shores, to marry a powerful lady, yes, and then to return. Sounds exactly like Prince Philip. Uh, When I hear that story, I'm like, well, they're clearly talking about Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh. Right. Um, It's hard to say how much that story has been changed by the subsequent seeing it through the lens of Prince Philip's career, but in a vague way, there was a story about a, a... a, a light lighter than them guy yeah with a uh, you know who who marries a, a goddess or another powerful spirit over the waves I mean anytime you go to a fortune teller they're
0: going to tell you that a light-skinned guy has Th- been trying to contact you those are the two
1: elements right <laughs> there's there's a, a connection with a new stranger yeah uh, you know maybe a love match and travel over water right right right, right. those are the two things. And so those are both present in this legend. And because there is some—at this village, there is apparently some tradition adjacent to that. In the 1960s, due to the Anglo-French condominium then running, New Hebrides, there were pictures of Queen Elizabeth everywhere. That, that was the thing about a crown colony. Sure. And
0: 1960s, those were the—that was that was peak Queen Elizabeth in her, in her crown.
1: Yes. And she would be pictured—she uh, would be on the money— she was, she was pretty. She, she this be was on before magazine her kids covers. Were a just, disgrace. <laughs> right. <laughs> she would just be sitting on, she'd be on magazine covers with her beautiful children. And often she has next to her, 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 uh, her gallant husband. But We'd draped sit, in medals. He's a military hero. He's draped in medals. And he, uh, I feel like we spend a lot of this show talking about um, older hideous men and how hot they were when they were younger. But Prince Philip is a good looking man. He's good looking. He's very white. Strong jawline, kind of a, a a regal looking, a substantial nose. He was always balding, even I think when they were first married.
0: But it's a good look on him. Whereas uh, it's distinguished. It's a good look on on Prince Philip, it, where it isn't on Prince Rainier of Monaco, right? Like like uh, Prince Philip's, yeah, seems dashing, seems like somebody that might have sword fighting scar- scars. Whereas uh, Prince Rainier always, yeah, seemed like a guy that should be selling you. Uh,
1: hard salami. <laughs> you know, we don't know what kind of, what species of listener we're speaking to right. on this program. Right. They could be from a variety of eras, a variety of phyla. Right. Uh, they could be plants. They, they could secrete their own pungent musk. They will certainly have their own different smells. But almost certainly if you can smell, you're going to have smells you prefer, aren't you, Ken? Exactly. There's going to be a smell of your species that is not socially acceptable and a variant smell that is. And you know who knows more about that than anybody else? Hmm. is native. Oh,
0: right. Native. Native who uh, who cares about the products you put on your body.
1: Yeah, I mean, this stuff is, uh, is going to be true across eras globally. You may want an aluminum-free deodorant. You, Almost certainly
0: you do. Yes. Unless you, you are made of aluminum.
1: You, you want a deodorant without... Uh, you may want an unscented deodorant, for example. You may want broad spectrum SPF 30 sunscreen for your face and body if you live in a, a, a dystopian future.
0: Right. It may be that you uh, that your your race evolved in a time when the sun did not penetrate to the earth, and then the sky's clear because of a strong zephyr, and all of a sudden the sun is
1: burning your your pasty white ectoplasm. I can't imagine a time when you would not want to smell like coconut and vanilla, or citrus and herbal musk, or lavender and rose. I mean, everybody's going to want body wash, deodorant that smells like that. And you can build your own personalized product bundles where you mix
0: and match three of those favorite scents to keep them on rotation.
1: So you have something for every occasion. You can think to yourself... This event or uh, ceremony I'm attending, is it a citrus and herbal musk? No, knife? this is more of a lavender and rose party I'm going to. Stay fresh, stay clean with Native by going to nativedo.com slash omnibus or use promo code omnibus at checkout. Why? Why would you go to that trouble to learn how to spell the name of our show? Because you will get 20% off your first order.
0: That's nativedeo.com slash omnibus and use promo code omnibus at checkout for 20% off your first order.
1: But, you know, if you're in the island of Tana in the 1960s, you don't see pictures of a lot of Caucasian people. The one you see over and over would be Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. And the fact that he has married this woman who is, she's wearing a crown and he's not. You know, she's always a little more glamorous and dressed a little more regally than him. Right, sitting front. It, it clearly conveys the message that, uh, uh, wait, this is, a, this is a light-skinned man who has married a, a powerful woman. In a faraway place, and this village becomes convinced, in a cargo cult kind of way, that Prince Philip is a kind of a kind of savior who will return to them as the as the legends have prophesied.
0: Now, Prince Philip was in the Royal Navy and transited the world, but he never came close to. Did he land
1: in New Zealand? He he may have, right? He had never been to Vanuatu, I believe. Yes, visits to uh, Australia and New Zealand. Maybe maybe this is after his his marriage to. Uh, Elizabeth in the late forties, but um, but in fact he had not visited Vanuatu until the nineteen seventies. So they are just obsessed with the return of someone who has never actually been there, and in fact there is, um, you know, it's important to the legend that this is actually somebody from the island who will go away, have success in the other world, and then come back. So it's not that he's an outsider who will who will come to them and bless them. It really kind of turns colonialism on its head by saying this great white father who who has his pictures on all the stamps and stuff. He's actually one of us. Huh. He he represents our our costume. You know, to their culture, their way of life, and so uh, you know, and he's over there doing doing good work, but bringing our way of life to the other parts of the world. Um. And in 1974, Prince Philip did actually. Visit with Queen Elizabeth, Vanuatu, then the New Hebrides, and being Prince Philip, he drank a lot of kava, the local kind of the mild local narcotic from a pepper plant, which I think leads to a lot of these spiritual experiences that oh. that that that, um, that birthed some of these cargo cults.
0: He's not above sitting crisscross applesauce in a in a around a not, fire with people, not if there's going to be kava.
1: Yeah, right. I'll tell you that. There's a local warrior of this village named John Niva, who uh, hears about the royal visit and heads to the coast. And he sees, uh, on a boat, he sees Prince Philip, whom this village has already decided is is kind of a, a local hero, standing on the deck of, of whatever the visiting royal navy ship was in his, in his dress whites. And that's an impressive sight, yes. this guy in this all-white uniform, almost angelic. I knew then that he was the true messiah. So this John Niva goes back to his village and says, you know what? It's all true. I've seen the guy. He is our guy. And John Niva becomes the chief of this village, and this village becomes all about Prince Philip. And is there—it sounds like
0: the Christian missionaries have been there, and so this is—like, you you kind of almost went into a little bit of pigeon as you were describing their reaction. Like, these are not still uncontacted people— they have an English patois. They have they have experience with the Messiah with Western ideas.
1: Yeah, cargo is a pigeon term. In fact, you oh. know it's 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 you know they don't use it to mean stuff in the belly of a ship or an airplane like we do. That just means all the good gifts. And the same with this is a very much a village and an island that has been shaped by generations of missionary contact. And this is a reaction to that. Right. This is a, no. This is the local home. This isn't one of the weird. Christianizing things that the missionaries were always, because the missionaries were always telling you, you got to change all your stuff. Don't do the kava rituals. Right. The women have to wear tops. All the polygamy has got to stop. I don't know what you're eating, but it looks gross.
0: None of those appeal to Prince Philip at all. He wants no one to wear tops like he wants Eat whatever
1: you want he wants kava and uh, and Nubile island oh, women I'm wow. sure okay and more to the point they have recast him not as a visitor but as um, a product of this island right right you know this is this is their guy and unlike the faraway religious figures and often when the, when the you know when the village was asked about their odd beliefs in in subsequent decades naiva would say look you guys have been waiting for Jesus for two thousand years' sure. you know, like we for, actually got Prince. For, Philip. for yeah, Prince Philip came, and like we can wait a few decades for him to come back. That is not a problem. Um, so they they see this as a as a reaction to the the kind of the missionary prositalization and, and cultural changes of their of their island. Um, Prince Philip learns a couple years later after this royal visit, um, the resident commissioner of the island, you know the equivalent of the governor or whatever tells the palace, hey, there's this village that is super into oh he didn't the Duke know it when Edinburgh. he visited in the first place no he was glimpsed from afar you know he he's just being shuttled from visit to visit I, you know, and he has kava with some tribal elders, but he doesn't know there's some village that's super into him right and as you can imagine for this you know this overlooked man who Feels like his destiny has gone unmet. He loves the idea. Uh-huh, presumably, uh-huh, that, that uh-huh. this village is into him.
0: I would love the idea too, but I would
1: prefer that it be a town in in uh, Western British Columbia. You would prefer that it's someplace that has a nice vacation home you could use.
0: Yeah, that's right. If it was on the San Juan Islands, if there was, you know, if if San Juan or uh, East Sound on Orcas Island were like John
1: Roderick cult. Yeah, if there's some local cult that's into me, like I don't want them to have like a casino or something. They just need to have like a nice cabin with a view that I can use. Yeah,
0: there is a local cult devoted to you.
1: What would you call that? Pub pub trivia. (laughs) It's true that a lot of pub trivia teams do have Jeopardy themed names. Yeah, they're not wrong. They they live in pub trivia stand. (laughs) So Prince Philip is, um, you know, with his, uh, you know, I'm sure with his usual unenlightened ideas about native cultures. I'm sure he has some. Right, some remarks about this bizarre thing, but he's very flattered. And when the resident commissioner says, "You know, they'd love a, they'd love a picture of you," uh, he sends a signed portrait. Oh, but
0: not of himself in a grass skirt, <laughs> because that would be very Prince <laughs> Philip, too, right? A coconut bra.
1: No, he's, um, you know, it's it's a curiosity for him that this village is into him. He's he's signing photos all the time. Right. Why not get one of these to the village of uh, Yao Nanan? So he sends them a signed picture, and this immediately becomes the most...
0: Venerated artifact.
1: Magic-laden item in the village, because they have a picture now. And and he knows about them. That's the main thing. right? He's acknowledged their existence, and this confirms all their their customs about him. And they want to send a gift of their own, so they send a nal-nal, which is a a pig-killing club. Okay. That the tribe, you know, well, it's the best thing they can think of. Well, it's the best thing he could think of, That's, probably. <laughs> he is very excited. <laughs> and they want they want to make sure it gets to him. So they say, can you make sure that Prince Philip gets to use the null null? you know? To kill a pig. <laughs> they they I, I are imagining that he would want to kill a pig just like they would with a null null. But it's, la- I mean, it's a ceremonial item as well.
0: The last time I went to East Sound on Orcas Island, I went to the hardware store and I bought a Japanese a uh, tree pruning saw it was a fancy hardware store fancy saw
1: what makes it it's just of japanese manufacture it's, yeah, or japanese, a, a different well, design
0: it's a different design it's kind of a curved almost like a like a scimitar and uh, but small and you're meant to prune your
1: cherry trees with it i've seen those does it have the long handle or L-
0: the yeah, m- medium handle no. and now i think of it as a gift from the people of east sound i thought you were going to say the people of japan no, I, I, feel, I feel like I'm going to <laughs> confine the cult to uh, to a, a
1: regional town. Are you going to send them a picture of you trimming your, your brush with yeah, it? Yeah, I am trimming my bush with it. Yeah, or even the plants out <laughs> back, either way. Um, and Prince Philip is happy to oblige, so he poses with the with the Nal Nal Club and sends it back via the, the colonial government. Yeah. And of course, the village of Yau is now even happier. Sure. Because they can confirm that Philip did indeed get the gift and he's wielding it you know he's yeah. he's still connected to his it's part of his new
0: uh, ceremonial to
1: his, to his native culture Naiva John Naiva the guy who saw him on the deck of the ship is now the chief of the village and uh he creates a shrine where um all the you know over the years a couple more photos get sent so this village now has a handful of 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 philipabilia that they can display in this um in their holiest spot this yeah. this grass shack and, is it a little grass shop that sits way back? Uh, I, I would guess it's not way back at all. I guess it's it's front and center. Oh, you don't think it's twenty five feet from the railroad track? <laughs> there are, uh, and the village is all converted at this point. You know, this the gen, rising generation now knows nothing but a world where Prince Philip, one of the world's most powerful men, uh, uses a null null club from this very village. So there are now wow, there are now yes. thousands of, of Prince Philip movementarians in Yao Nanen. Um, over the years, they become convinced, you know, the stories that they're told, you know, he doesn't come back. So the stories. Oh, that's kind of a bummer. Jesus hasn't come back either yet. Yeah, true. And, you know,
0: Christianity's doing great. (laughs) Did he ever send a shipping container full of peaches? That would have been a nice gesture. It's more than Jesus ever did.
1: No, he doesn't appear to put himself out too much. And maybe that's the dignity of his office. You know, he's the Duke of Edinburgh, you know, a a small village somewhere seems weirdly, but, but it's the same way you might treat your weirdest fans. You know, like if, if they send an S E an S A S E, you'll you'll send the signed photo of you with the gift. I but won't. You don't, you don't want to encourage I, them
0: too I, much. I, I hate going to the mail mailbox. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I it, would. It, it might be something like that. People do that all the time. Hey, will you send me a copy of this? And I'm like, oh, I just am never going to do that. I don't have a, I don't have the ability.
1: The as uh, you
0: know, I'm very challenged in some some small segments of life. And if I were Prince Philip, I would have somebody to do it for me. I would say. Send this person a T-shirt
1: with a picture on it. I would imagine that his advisors in the palace are the ones telling him, "Please do not encourage this. The last thing we need is this to be a story in the sun." Right. Or, or, well, or with the you sending your panties, used <laughs> panties down there. <laughs> That's exactly it. So he's he's walking a fine line of uh, presumably enjoying the odd attention, but also you know not wanting to make it uh, the centerpiece of his of his uh, consortship or, or whatever he has. Duped right. Him. Um, but the story, so he never returns, but so the stories on the island adapt to the fact that their God, their their spirit, their great spirit is not coming back. Presumably, he's doing other work over there. They see pictures of Obama, and they are so grateful that Prince Philip has arranged to put a black person in the White House. Oh, well done, Prince philip. look look what he's look at the kind of work he's doing to put to put um. People of color into into prominent positions. Yeah, in, in, in his faraway part of the world, uh, they believe it becomes part of their. You know, you, and you you can tell at this point they they have more contact with the outside world because they're vaguely aware of larger forces, even though they they keep their ways separate. Um, when it's reported that Osama bin Laden has been killed, they assume Prince Philip was was responsible. Perhaps not wrong. So, do you? It's true that it's disputed who fired the shot. Do you think it might have been Prince Philip,
0: or maybe, uh, maybe Prince Philip gave the order? Or could, I don't ask who gave the order.
1: It could just be a SEAL Team Six member, very uh, inspired by Prince Philip's bravery and dignity, and and without that example, he could not have uh, he could not have brought Bin Laden down. Right. We don't know.
0: Maybe they lured Bin Laden with a can of peaches,
1: and they didn't tell us about it. <laughs> or uh, first season of The Crown on DVD. <laughs> oh, it wouldn't have been out yet. So the idea kind of becomes that uh, you know white culture sucks. You know yeah. white culture has ruined our island. But Prince Philip is bravely in a faraway capital, just fighting against all this white stupidity with the the hallmarks of of Tana culture, which well, he yeah, which his, has brought to them.
0: His pig beating club.
1: He's got the club. What else do you need? Uh, a two thousand and seven reality show by the British uh, uh, TV folks at Channel Four, um, I think called Meet the Natives. Brought five, I know, right? Wow. All right. Meet the natives. You (laughs) winced a little at Meet the Natives, and (laughs) I I think you were correct to do so. (laughs) Brought um, brought five people from Tana to uh, London. Oh, that Um, must have been a, a pretty
0: cool airplane flight. Sure, I would and, have liked to have sat next to them or behind them,
1: and a visit. You know, can you oh, imagine yeah. the kind of the crocodile Dundee fun you would have every day as these guys, uh, <laughs> yeah, ride on their <laughs> right. first escalator or Ferris wheel or or tube ride? Uh, and they were allowed a visit with the Duke of Edinburgh, although it didn't happen on camera.
0: Oh, that's too bad. You
1: know, so the show covers their fascination uh, with his. Royal Highness? Is the consort his yeah. Royal Highness? Yeah, I believe so. I'm not actually sure about that.
0: Uh, you know, riding the tube is scary, even having ridden all the subways of the world. I can't imagine going into it from Tana.
1: There's a gap, and they don't know how to mind it. Oh, right. How are you going to mind the gap if you don't even know what a gap is? Presumably they were briefed. Uh, so they did. They were able to meet with Prince Philip, which must have been mind-blowing for them. Yeah. Uh, imagine, is there someday going to be a reality show that lets— um, Let's five uh, Mormons, five five Christians. He hasn't come back yet, but uh, he's got some time this afternoon. Yeah, here he is. And so they came home to Tana and reported that he had left them uh, the cryptic message: "When it turns warm, I will send a message." Oh boy! And you have to wonder what kind of odd thing he said. That's what it is.
0: He's he's Q.
1: Must have said something like that. Oh, I'd love to visit your island some some uh, some. You know, yeah, some summer day, or you know, when it's winter here, I'd love to come to your uh, to your balmy shores. You know, he said something like that, and they they return home and tell the village, "Good news, guys! He's brought us a message. When it turns warm, I will send a message." There were still concords then. He could have made that trip. Why didn't he? Would it have killed him? Yeah. Geez. I mean, I know he had some pheasants to hunt, and and possibly a uh, a government uh, biology lab to open. But come on, it's not like he didn't own a linen suit. <laughs> There's a great story of him in Canada saying, uh, "I am proud to open this thing, whatever it is," <laughs> which really sums up the whole, yeah. the whole Prince Philip of Mountbatten approach to life, right there.
0: Yeah, right? that's like Paul Stanley saying, "Good night, Cleveland," <laughs> when he's in <laughs> New Orleans.
1: Now, sadly, uh, you know Prince Philip had some health challenges in his last years, mostly because he was 170 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, in 2021, when he was hospital early this year, when he was hospitalized, uh, a director of the Vanuatu Cultural Center realized I'm going to have to going to have to let the boys know. Oh dear! So he has the sad assignment of heading out uh, into the into the jungle to to the village of Yao Nanin and telling the folks, "Hey, I've got some bad news about Prince Philip. Um, he's in the hospital." Is he meant to be? Immortal he's not right isn't he well he, he, a he mortal God he's a mountain spirit sure so I guess the legend has the flexibility to cut both ways you know it can just like the our flying saucer friends from 1950s era Chicago maybe it has enough give to accommodate a, a Prince Philip who can get sick or die but certainly they're not happy about it.
0: I always tell the the women I date that I'm a that I am a lesser God for sure. A, de- I mean, a demigod. Yeah, a demigod. Somebody that you know that wanders the earth. I'm I'm like the god of a of a valley or of a spring. Meh, but bigger god than the god. Why of a are you spring. wandering
1: so much then? You seems like you would stick with your to your totemic waterfall uh, or, or water, whatever it is. I
0: wander around the valley. It's a big enough valley that there's room for me to you know kind of wander.
1: Is this that valley out back of your new house? Are no, you, it's are bigger you than the, that. Are you the god of that little ravine? Well, well, I guess I guess I've been confined
0: to that ravine as times gone oh, on. Oh, you're
1: like Lucifer.
0: Yes. You've been, tra- you've
1: been trapped there. You've been, been sent, you've been cast
0: down. <laughs> sent down to the Valley of Normandy Creek. Yeah, it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a drag, but but you know, I you know, I've been greeted with a lot of eye rolling in my life. I mean, so much. Uh, that I
1: feel people don't take me seriously. You do have the option, maybe, of doing some brave deeds that would restore you to to whatever uh, size valley you think uh, you merit.
0: I've done a lot of brave deeds, but none of them have been on television. Have you done any brave deeds? Well, what,
1: how would you know? What 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 do you what what brave deeds would you claim? You know, only the gods are witness to my brave deeds. I see. Are they internal? Are they maybe a struggle you had?
0: No, no, I'm down there moving rocks around. I'm like oh. a freaking Hercules oh, down there. Oh, in that valley,
1: I see. Yeah, I mean, you, I'm- You have really reshaped the, that ravine. Yeah, well, don't tell the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Well, you've got your- <laughs> I will not. They, they would not be- They would not look kindly on your Japanese tree pruner, no, for one thing.
0: No, that's right. I would be in violation of the U.S. Clean
1: Water Act. That's cargo. Um. So in April of this year, uh, Prince Philip passed on, and uh, when word reached the village- there are still hundreds of, of devoted followers of, of Prince Philip and his divine mission there, so they were just grief-stricken. It was It was you know, as bad as it can get. There, were, there was moaning and wailing, and many pigs were sacrificed for a, for a ritual a feast. That was true here too.: Oh, sure. Is
0: that what you did when Prince Philip died? Yeah, yeah. I feel, I sacrificed 15 pigs.: If by sacrificing
1: 15 pigs, you mean eating 15 ham sandwiches. I did that when Bowie died. And, uh, you know, and this—you may have seen this This kind of—the the cult had—this uh, car- particular cargo cult had, you know, only been in the public eye as kind of a, a trivia fact for a long time. But now it was mentioned in a lot of the stories about Prince Philip's funeral. Hey, did, weirdly, did you know he was a god to a couple hundred people uh, 8,000 miles away? And so journalists followed up with The Village— and ask them what the future of the Prince Philip movement is. Well, what would you do if you were a believer in Prince Philip? How would you adapt your beliefs to the current moment?
0: Double down. Double down on it, right? I mean, that's what the now Christians he, did. Now he's in heaven
1: fighting fighting for the
0: village? I mean, one of the reasons the Bible was written when it was 60 to 100 years later is that for the first 40 years after Jesus died, the people just assumed he was on his way back. Any day right. now. He was supposed to be back like within a year. And then it's two years. No point in writing these stories down. You're just you're you're just talking to a group of people that are kind of milling around waiting for Jesus. So by the time Mark got around to writing the writing the book down I, guess, I like, guess we got to write
1: this down uh, in, in case yeah. in case it's a while.
0: Sure, I mean it might be. Suddenly, I'm starting to forget some of these stories.
1: Suddenly, there's a bunch of new guys who don't know, remember the stories and never met the original guys. Right, and then Matthew and Luke were like, "Ah, oh, I've got you know, it's I've heard like, all these other stories. We should write those down too." It's just like third generation
0: members of the Temptations or something. Right. And then John was like, "No, no, 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 no.
1: I've got some stories. Yeah, that's what they should do. They should they should write the book of." Of Philip. Well, these guys had an option that the early Christians never did because uh, Philip had a lot of well publicized offspring. Oh uh, sure, I know them. I know some of them. Sure, you mentioned earlier that he was a, a terrible father and made yeah. Prince Charles go to the gloomiest private school in all England. But and there was the one that was a Harrier
0: pilot uh, who ended up uh, being a sex criminal. Sure. What about the you know we, all love, the-
1: we all love Prince Andrew, the world's greatest <laughs> Harrier pilot and sex criminal.
0: <laughs> so what happened? Which which lucky kid got the nod?
1: They decided that Prince Charles. Uh, was now their new god. I thought it was going to be Princess Anne. Somebody with a little, bring a little bit of freshness to Maybe them. they don't have the most enlightened views on gender yeah, in, okay. in the town of uh, and I'm, I'm not really sure. Maybe we should start a cult to Princess Anne,
0: although that might be weird too.
1: Well, I mean, all the places in, it's practical. All the places on Vanuatu that would have had uh, adoring pictures and engravings of Queen Elizabeth, many with Prince Philip, are soon going to have pictures of uh, Prince Charles. Oh. Uh,
0: presumably. Unless he abdicates. He does seem, I guess, the most Philippine
1: of the... Oh, you don't mean related to the islands? No, but you like F- F- Fili- 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 Philippine. Philippine?
0: F- well, what? The, the Book of Philippians? No, full Fili- <laughs> uh, Isn't that like a circus manual? <laughs> no, uh, F- you'd say Philippine, wouldn't sure. you? Yeah. Uh, sure. I mean, he's got the ears. He's got <laughs> the... got the ears. He's got the nose. He's never going to be... He's, he's basically been married to a
1: powerful woman... And never going to be the king. so <laughs> he married a powerful woman that he could uh, get rid of unlike uh, exactly. unlike his dad uh, and go back to his first love. although she his powerful wife still still uh, overshadows him. I think. I wonder what they think about Camilla on uh, the island of Tana. I'm not really sure. Do you think they get the crown do they have Netflix? No, no, they they've resisted all technology.
0: Maybe they just get the queen. And that concludes the Prince Philip Movement, entry 987.PS8207, certificate number 50227 in the omnibus. Futurelings, in the unlikely event that social media still exists in your era, you can find Ken Jennings all over the internet,
1: like uh, Prince Philip all over Micronesia. You can find all my various cargo cults worldwide. That's right. I do have a friend in New Zealand who was like, I just turned on TV the other day and you were hosting Jeopardy. So maybe I am going to get my first Melanesian cargo cult.
0: What are you going to bring to the people of Melanesia that will make you want to come back?
1: What do they not have yet? Dippin' Dots? The the ice cream of the future. They don't have it yet, probably because it's in the future. There you go. I can be the time traveler that (laughs) introduces them to... We uh, want Dippin' Dots Come back! I'll come out of a phone booth like George Carlin and give them <laughs> dippin' <and> dots. <duds.
0: laughs> uh, you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com/slash John Roderick. You can email the Omnibus Project at gmail.com. The Omnibus Project at gmail.com, and you can support this show. Your generous contributions at patreon.com/slash Omnibus Project help us uh, produce the show, and also at the varying levels of uh, contribution of, of support for the show. There are lots and lots of cool, cool prizes.
1: We'll make it worth your while. We Super
0: promise. prizes. We'll send you our handwritten show notes. You uh, you can suggest a show. We'll actually get on a Zoom call with you if you so
1: desire. John will not go to his mailbox to send you his undies. It's but, very hard to do. But we will get on Zoom with
0: you. I'll get on the computer and talk to you for a full, what, 49 minutes. Whatever the free Zoom length is. <laughs> 42, 48 minutes or something. Uh, you can seek out other futurelings uh, by putting the word futurelings into the internet and going whichever direction you choose. There are no other futurelings but the omnibus futurelings. We have, uh, we have taken over the space, as they say. Commanded the space. And you can mail us actual things, including uh, whatever pig-whacking clubs your culture uses to P.O. Box 55744, Shoreline,
1: Washington, 98155. Listeners, from our vantage point, here in your distant past, we have no idea how long our civilization... Survived. We can't last that much longer without Prince Philip. I don't know how we've done it so far. We hope and pray that the catastrophe we fear may never come. If the worst comes soon, however, this recording, like all our recordings, may be our final word. But if providence allows... We hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the Omni.